We're crossing over into campground. Beautiful. Friends, good morning. Welcome to our 945 service on this, the first Sunday of the year, the first Sunday after Epiphany, which was yesterday, the baptism of our Lord. It's so good to be together in the house of God, starting out this new year together. Welcome to those of you in the room. Welcome to those of you who are joining us online. Welcome to those of you who are visiting with us. I, I met a few of you before the service. We are, we are so honored that you have come here. Uh, we're grateful, and we hope uh, you'll leave us some contact information before you get away so we can uh, get acquainted, uh, see if we can support you in any way. Uh, that would be a lovely thing. Uh, my name is James Howell, and I'm up front this morning with my friend and colleague, Reverend Taylor Pride Barefoot. Good morning. I'm so happy to see you all in worship. It's a new year, which means there are new opportunities for us to encounter God and to get involved with our church. So we encourage you to check out This Week at Myers Park. Everything's in the bulletin, all the ways that you can get plugged in as we start this new year. So let us continue on in worship together.
church, let us continue to join our voices as we affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed, which is found in your hymnal on page 881. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. our prayer of confession, which is found in our bulletins. Gracious God, our sins are too heavy to carry, too real to hide, too hidden even to realize, and too deep to undo. Forgive what we hesitate to name, what our hearts can no longer bear. Set us free from a past that we cannot change. Open us to a future in which we can be changed, and grant us grace to grow into your likeness. Amen. Church, hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Gospel reading is Mark chapter 1, beginning with the fourth verse. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And there went out to him all the country of Judea and all the people of Jerusalem. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and had a leather girdle around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the thong of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. 
I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens opened and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. This is the word of God for the people of God. So friends, last week uh, I got to be, um, uh, I, was, I was a plain clothesman last week. Uh, I sat out where you guys do, which um, I apologize to the people worshiping around me. I said, I've not done this much in my life. I'm not very good at it. Uh, you have to help me along. I uh, heard a great sermon that Taylor preached. She noted how around the birth of Jesus, it, it was kind of a busy time. Like They took a trip, and then the shepherds came, and the magi came, and they took a little trip to Jerusalem and talked to Simeon and Anna. All the stuff's going on. And um, that was great to ponder then uh, in that service we sang as we always do on that sunday we three kings that was not a good worship i laughed out loud uh, during the hymn i couldn't help it we got to the last stanza where it has the word sorrowing sighing bleeding dying it always reminds me of in a prayer for owen meany uh, john irving's novel owen at that point leans over to john and says sorrowing sighing bleeding dying that doesn't sound very Christmassy to me <laughs> it's funny come on Sorrowing sign doesn't sound very Christmassy. It's going to be a tough crowd today. I can feel it coming. The Gospels fast forward pretty quickly from Jesus' childhood. He's a grown-up. There's only one little vignette uh, from childhood, the time he comes to the temple, gets separated from his uh, parents. Uh, and then as a grown-up, Jesus appears by the Jordan River to be baptized by John. The Jordan River, uh, when I take groups there, we go to a place called Qasr el-Yahud, uh, people are always shocked by how narrow the Jordan River is, by how shallow the Jordan River is. I actually love that. It's sort of like the grace of God. It, it's, not, it's not like the mighty Mississippi it might overwhelm or drown somebody. A child couldn't get hurt in the Jordan River. It's just very inviting and welcoming. And There are all these monasteries around the, the, that part of the desert, Franciscan and Coptic and Ethiopic, and so on. It's a lovely place. And I remember one year we were there, and we noticed on the other side, which is actually the country of Jordan, there was a, a large group of, I found out later, Koreans, and uh, they began to sing. And they were singing in Korean, but we knew what they were singing because the tune was, How Great Thou Art. And they sang it. It was so moving. And I rounded up my people and said, let's sing it back to them in English. And we did. It was a beautiful moment. You know, this is the uh, time, it's always the time, isn't it, that we need God to be great because the world's just a mess and a lot of us come in here today and your life's a mess and you need a god who can be uh, great and when jesus waded into the jordan he was taking it's so interesting he was taking the whole sins and troubles of the world on his own shoulders all of our troubles all of the world's troubles he bears those he grieves with us he bears in his body the hope of reconciliation he did not lash out at his enemies or get even he bore the suffering it was hard he loved he forgave them and how hard was that they had just abused him physically and emotionally somehow that's the secret of what we need i gave a talk the other day on gaza what's going on there and God and Gaza and you know at the end of one of the sessions I mentioned uh, the only hope is something as crazy as you know in 2006 in Nickel Mines Pennsylvania a guy named Charles Roberts opened fire and killed Amish children and the parents of those children went to Charles Roberts parents he turned the gun on himself and instead of hollering and screaming at them they forgave them and took up money to support them. Someone, after one of my talks, spoke of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission in South Africa. South Africa, after so many years of apartheid and horrific violence and division, they just had a series of truth-telling sessions where people told their story and had to confess their sins and ask for 
forgiveness and mercy. There's always hope. We always need hope. We want to be part of the hope. Our, uh, my favorite moment in our Christmas concert, with all due respect to our grown-up singers here, was when our children's choir stood up and they sang, Let There Be Peace on Earth. And I love when they came to, And Let It Begin With Me. They were singing that at the top of their lungs. I so hope they meant it. I hope that all of us mean it when we say, Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. Let it begin with me. I was thinking about this text over the past uh, week or two, and uh, during that time, I've been listening to an audio book as I drive or go for a walk. It's by a guy named John Feinstein. He's a, he's a Duke grad. He, um, he's a sports writer. He's published a lot of stuff. And this particular book is on the rivalry between three coaches, Dean Smith, Mike Krzyzewski, and Jim Valvano. It's a great book. And uh, he tells some stories, you know, one I hadn't heard before is this. So Jim Valvano, when he comes in, he say he promptly lost to North Carolina, I don't know, four or five times in a row. And one of the um, alumni boosters came to him and said, you know, you're from New York. You probably don't understand our customs down here. Down here it's important for you to defeat North Carolina. And Valvano said, no, I, I get the custom here. I, I know I need to beat them. I'm going to get them next time. And the guy said, no, you don't understand. You have to beat North Carolina, and if you don't, I'm going to kill your dog. <laughs> Alvana says, I don't have a dog. He goes home, gets up the next morning to get the paper. On the front step, there's a basket with a cute little puppy in it. <laughs> and there's a note around the puppy's neck that says, don't get too attached to me. The uh, better story is that uh, Feinstein heard that in 1958, Dean Smith, who was just an assistant coach at the time, he wasn't Dean Smith yet, right? <laughs> he went with an African-American man from his uh, church, uh, Binkley Baptist, there in Chapel Hill, and they integrated a restaurant. He was way ahead of the curve. This was 1958, way before the Greensboro sit-ins and so on. Restaurant called The Pines, prominent restaurant in Chapel Hill. So Feinstein asked Dean Smith about this, and Smith said, who told you that story? And uh, Feinstein said, well, it was your pastor, Bob Seymour. And Dean Smith said, he shouldn't have told you that story. Feinstein said, why not? You should be proud of doing such a thing. And Smith said, you know, you shouldn't be proud if you just do the right thing. You shouldn't be proud if you just do the right thing. Jesus wades into the Jordan, and he hears a voice from heaven, from God his Father, who says, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. I don't think he's saying that he's proud of Jesus for what Jesus has done, although that's a big thing in the water. Remember when my children were little, learning to swim, we'd go to the pool. It was so much fun. They'd get to the point they were ready to jump into the water and, and be okay without me there. So they would jump in the water, and when they would come up, I discovered that it, they weren't just enjoying the water. It was for me somehow. They'd jump in the water, and their head would bob up, and they'd find me on the side. And I better be watching to say, well done. Well done. They'd smile. It was great. I don't think God is just looking at Jesus saying, well done. I think he's saying that we, the two of us are so attached Jesus is so attached to God as Father, there's just no distance between them. Jesus could say, the Father and I are one. Jesus could say, if you've seen me, you've seen God the Father. You know, with you and me, there's always this distance between us and God. No matter how we work at it, it's this nagging distance. There's always a distance between you and every other person, even the ones you love the most. You just can't. But with Jesus, there's no distance between him and God. And because he has that intimacy with God our Father and is beloved by him, then that means that we too can have intimacy with God. And God can be our Father and we can be God's beloved. And because of that, because we're attached to God, that we don't get too attached to the things of the world. Did you hear my logic there? Because we are attached to God, we need not get too attached to the things of this world. We can travel light. We don't get weighed down by things. I've told some of you this story before, but I think of it every year at this time. When I was in Davidson, a 45-year-old man came to me and said, um, I've never been to church. I don't know anything about God. But I just came from the doctor, and the doctor says, I have pancreatic cancer, and I don't have long to live. 
said, can you help me get to know God in the time I have left? I said, yeah. So we started meeting, reading the Bible, praying together, and finally got where he couldn't get out of his house. He was not mobile at all, and he called me and asked if I would come and baptize him. He'd never been baptized. I said, yeah. So I took some water that I have in my office that I'd fished out of the Jordan River, and I went over, and um, we spoke and prayed, and then I, this was an amazing thing. I, I took the, the, scooped up some of the water, and I splashed it on his forehead, and just, just as it hit his head, I don't know what happened. It was, it was almost like an electrical jolt, something, went through his body. He shook, and then he just sobbed. And then he, I think he laughed, I don't know. Finally, he got himself together, and he looked to me, and he said, I feel lighter. I feel lighter. I feel lighter. You know, this is time of year people make New Year's resolutions, and that's a good thing to try to do. My worry with New Year's resolutions is, you know, you make it for a week or two, and then your old self kind of, you know, <laughs> the weight of it. Sometimes I think about New Year's resolutions, like it'd be good to try to be noble and holy and so on. We, we should always do that. But then sometimes it's like one more weight. You're already carrying a lot of weight, and I'm going to put these additional weights on my shoulders. It, it's not about us grimacing and doing better. It, it's really that, that God comes and can lift the weights off us and free us to be the people that God has made us to be, fill us with joy and with a passion for being holy for God. So, so it's not a Burden. It's God's power coming into us and, and changing us. And we can be leaner spiritually. We can be fitter spiritually. We, we can be more nimble because we, we got work to do. We got to try to work to save the world. My favorite book on marriage is written by Walter Wangren. He said a lot of marriages struggle because they, they don't have a shared mission to make a difference in the world. He said that can really bring healing to a relationship. <laughs> I think about people in AA. When you go to AA, it's not just about I'm going to get better from my addiction, but it's also you've you got to help other people. You've got to try to change the world. You've got to try to change the world. Friends, every year we do this at the beginning of the year, and I love that we do this. We do the renewal of baptism. We think of Jesus being baptized. We think of all of our baptisms. I've baptized people in their 90s before. More often, I baptize infants. And it's such a beautiful thing because it, it speaks volumes about who we are. We're all just like little children, vulnerable, being held by our Heavenly Father, needing, what do we need? Grace. We've not earned anything yet. We don't even know God yet, but yet God surrounds us with love and begins us on this uh, beautiful journey together. So at the beginning of the year, we do this renewal of baptism. Uh, I'll say some prayers, you come forward. I, I love getting to do this because I, I watch you guys come forward. And as best I can tell looking at you, it's everything under the sun. I see our really devout people digging in saying, I, I want more. <laughs> I see people coming and they're a little cynical, like, I don't, I don't know what this is, but I don't know, I, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it. I'll go through. And some of those people, I had a guy years ago. He told me after the service, he said, I hadn't been in church since I was a little kid. He was easily a long-grown man. He said, I came this Sunday, and you were doing this thing, and I thought, ah, that's weird. He said, but I came up, and I don't know what happened. He said, but I'm, I'm with God now. There's some power in this that I can't explain. There's some healing in it. You may be uh, grateful in such a moment for whoever brought you for baptism back in the day. Somebody brought you up here. and They had dreams of you and your life with God. I mean, how lovely. And you renew that. You remember them. You recommit yourself to God today. So in a minute, we're going to invite you to come forward in two lines. And uh, when you come down... People do different things, but just dip your finger into the water, and some people touch their forehead or their mouth, the head, their heart, uh, and we'll do this thing. I always read to you now what Martin Sheen, the great actor who's a very devout uh, Roman Catholic, said about such services. He said, how can we understand these great mysteries of the church? I don't have a clue. 
I just stand in line and say, here I am, I'm with those guys, the community of faith. This is the mystery, all the love. Sometimes I'm overwhelmed just watching people in line. It's the most profound thing. You just surrender yourself to it. So my brothers and sisters in Christ, the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation. We are given new birth by water and the Spirit. All of this is God's gift offered to us without price. Through the reaffirmation of our faith, we renew the covenant of our baptism, acknowledge what God is doing for us, and affirm our commitment to Christ's holy church. Friends, at all of our baptisms, we say prayers over the water. I always pour the water and then ask us to pray as we will now. Friends, let us pray together. Almighty and gracious God, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. When you saw your people as captives in Egypt, you delivered them through the sea, their children you brought into the promised land through the Jordan. In the fullness of time, you sent your son Jesus. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. And he calls on his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection. Pour out your Holy Spirit on this gift of water and those who come this day to renew their baptism. Forgive them of their sins. Renew in them a passion to be your people. Help them to know that in your eyes they are beloved. They are enough. They are your children. We pray these things in Christ's holy name. Amen. So, friends, would you come?
Let us continue to be in prayer with God. Holy God, we come to you full of gratitude for these waters, for this church, for belonging to you, for all the ways you bless us, for the ways that you have shown your mercy, for your constant presence with us. We thank you for a new year with new possibilities. As we enter this new season, help us to carry with us wisdom from where we have been so that we can grow in our love of you and our neighbors. Lord, in your mercy. O oh God, you have claimed us as your own. Remind us this day that we are your beloved children. God, may we feel your arms around us reminding us that all will be well. Remind us again today of the depth of your love, the power of your grace, and the gift of the Holy Spirit that empowers us always. Lord, in your mercy. Oh God, our hearts are continually breaking at the tragedies that plague our world. We feel overwhelmed by the violence and the brokenness. Give us the strength to not become complacent in our overwhelm, but to turn to you. May your mercy, justice, and peace break forth, and may we be agents of change in our world. Lord, in your mercy. God of love, help us to remember our belovedness, that we, as we have renewed our baptisms, renew our zeal for following you wherever you may lead. Help us to care for those who are sick, grieving, or alone. Empower us to serve and give of our time and resources. Lead us in paths that build a deeper connection with you, O God, so that we may walk with Jesus each of our days, so that together, with one voice, we offer the prayer that your Son taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we prepare for our offering, I want to say thank you for your continued generosity. Because of your generosity, we have continued to be a church that has baptized so many in this past year and welcomed even more in new membership. We are so grateful that we can be a growing church and we can be a part of God's family together.
Lord, we give because of our love and devotion to you. Help us to be the church that you have called and claimed us to be. We give all of these gifts in honor of you. May they be a part of the upbuilding of your kingdom. In your son's holy name, amen. Friends, all this week, those around you will seek to define you as worker, producer, loser, handsome, whatever. Hope that all week you will hear God's voice in your head saying, Beloved, you're beloved of God. You are baptized. You're part of the body of Christ. And now may the grace of our risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us both now and forevermore.